Hello, welcome to Motherhood Out Loud, a safe place for mothers to talk openly about their experiences without fear of judgment or shame. Our hope is for women to realize that we're not alone in the variety of emotions we feel and that we're able to provide a more loving community for future moms. Let's take take our our power back and and live motherhood out loud. With Carla and Cindy. Hello guys, welcome back to Motherhood Out Loud. Today we have a very special guest with us, Carrie Biedner, CFCP CBD and founder of Ashwood Fertility Care Center. Hi Carrie, how are you? We're so excited to have you. I'm doing so well. Thank you, Cindy and Carla for having me. Yes, we're going to go ahead and just dive in because we feel like we could talk to you forever. (laughs) So can you tell us a little (laughs) bit about yourself Yes. Tell us a bit about yourself and how you became a holistic women's health advocate. And also, I know you had some time as a doula so that, or I don't know if you're still practicing as a doula, but that's super cool. I would love to know all of it. Yes, I am. Um, I actually self uh, titled myself a holistic women's health advocate um, because along my journey, um, I've just learned so much about how we need to celebrate the woman as a whole person. Well, men too, but learning about women's health, how we need to advocate for our whole personhood. So not just our ability to like bear children, but also our ability to nature and nurture the world, right? We just have this thing in within us, even if we aren't um, biological mothers to care for others. And that's why women are so important, right? Um, so with that mm-hmm. and learning about uh, different issues in women's health, I realized that women need an advocate, someone to come alongside them to teach them how to stand up for what they believe in and what they know is going on in their bodies, especially in the doctor's office, in the birth room, wherever that is, are the main places that I help women to advocate um, and for their fertility, their natural abilities to ovulate. Um, So this all came about basically as I grew up in Northern California. Over there, they don't talk a lot about uh, fertility awareness, like tracking your menstrual cycles. Um, And so when I was close to 30 years old, I became engaged. And um, this was after living in Japan for a while and lots of other crazy things. But um, (laughs) at this point, um, I went on the birth control pill because uh, I didn't want to have a child in my first year of marriage. um, Because once you have kids, as you both know, they're with you forever. Um, And so being (laughs) um, almost 30, we wanted to have one year at least uh, to be married and to know each other um, because we had grown up a lot apart and we needed to grow together. So I went on the birth control pill like most women do. Um, And about four months into our marriage, I started to feel really um, not well. I felt like I could feel the blood rushing through my veins. And I went and got my hair cut uh, for my friend Shannon. And she said, you know, Carrie, you don't have to take the birth control pill to avoid pregnancy. There's ways to know when you're fertile and infertile. And there's something called cervical mucus. And I was like, what? 
what are you talking about? I'm almost 30 years old. I have never (laughs) heard of cervical mucus. And that sounds really disgusting. Um, And she said, no, no, no. Read this book. Read this book, Taking Control of Your Fertility. So I read this book all about our natural cycles. I was pretty amazed, but really confused. And um, so it was like, take your temperature every morning and all these things. So I did it. My husband was like, it's fine. You know, if we achieve a pregnancy, we want children. So it's totally fine. Like, go about it. And I was like, okay, we'll do it. And we were able to use this um, system really um, un- unconfidently <laughs> for our first year of marriage. Right. And um, yeah. we were able to avoid pregnancy for that whole first year. And then we were able to achieve pregnancy the first cycle we tried And um, our first baby, um, who's Abigail, was born exactly nine months to the day of our first year anniversary. So it worked out pretty well. (laughs) I know. Not completely not really knowing what I was doing. Just reading a book and doing it on my own. (laughs) So I was super unconfident. Well, when we were 28 weeks pregnant, ladies, we moved to Northwest Iowa from California, a little tiny rural town of Orange City. And that's where I am now. And I had an amazing natural birth experience, really with no education at all. I just knew that women give birth. It'll be fine. I don't really need all the extra stuff. Um, So really just eyes closed went into it. Um, And then about four months after having our baby, realized, oh, that unconfident method that I was using isn't super reliable in the breastfeeding time and waiting for your fertility to return. And I was like, oh, I'm really, really nervous that we're going to have another baby earlier than I have planned because I'm a planner. I had when each of my children would go to kindergarten, like planned out, <laughs> right? Oh my gosh, you so, and Carla. <laughs> right. I know. I've heard yes, you. I've been listening to your stories. <laughs> right? And you know, I mean, that's what we want. Doesn't our society tell us that? Like, oh, you know, women are in control of their bodies. They can decide when things are going to happen, but they don't really give you like the tools to be able to do that. (laughs) So at that, yeah. So at that four month point, um, I saw something in the paper about the Critton model system. And it was one of our local doctors was talking about the Creighton model and like, oh, it's another one of those natural things like I was trying to do unconfidently. So I went to his presentation and he shares the Creighton model fertility care system can be used in any reproductive category, meaning right where I was breastfeeding, waiting for my fertility to return. Um, if we are in our, in our, um, puberty time, the first couple of cycles, if we're in menopause at the end of our reproductive life, if we are coming off of the birth control pill, or we're anovulatory, or we have irregular cycles, any of them. And I was like, wow, really? Like any point? Like this must be a really good method that we should consider doing. So I ran up to this doctor at the end of the presentation. I said, sign me up. I want to learn the Creighton model system. And he's like, That's great, Carrie, but there's no instructors in our county. So you're going to have to go travel about 40 minutes or learn with someone online. And I was like, really? Because this doctor, um, we'll talk more about this NAPRO technology, but this doctor was trained in NAPRO technology and how to read these crate model charts, meaning that he could 
diagnose issues that women are having just from what they're putting on their chart. And he said also the reason that this method can be used in any reproductive category is that it's what's called a mucus only system. There's that mucus again. I'm like, what? Mucus? What is this mucus all about? So we'll talk more about that in a bit. But yeah, so um, I found a instructor, but I was like, I need to teach this because I need a part-time job. My husband's like, yes, you need a part-time job. Like, because we had just moved from (laughs) from California and uh, had the baby and now it was time for me to like have a part-time job. I'm like, I think I could get passionate about teaching women about this. Um, Yeah. So I signed up to uh, go through an internship in Omaha, Nebraska, 13-month internship at the St. Paul VI Institute for Human Reproduction big long name. But uh, I signed up to become learning how to become an instructor at the same time I was charting for myself. Okay. So I went through that and became a certified fertility care practitioner of the Creighton model. And I opened up this uh, center here in my home. And I had a couple hundred women and couples come through my front door upstairs to my, uh, at that point, empty bedroom to meet with me. And everyone asked the same question, just like you said at the beginning of this uh, podcast. Why didn't I hear about this sooner? Because these were couples and women who were like overcoming big issues like PMS, infertility, um, being able to work along with their polycystic ovaries, being able to get relief from endometriosis, like amazing stuff. Um, And they just kept asking, why didn't anyone tell me about this sooner? And me too. I mean, I had 15 years of menstruation that I never knew about exactly how my body was working. Um, And I came to find out that it's actually because uh, doctors don't learn about the natural cycles in med school. They learn how to medicate problems. Well, unfortunately, to be female... And your menstrual cycle is not a problem. It's not a disease or something that needs to be medicated. So they really just don't know what to do with it. When you come into the doctor's office and you're like, I have this problem. They're like, well, I have a pill that I'm supposed to give you for anything that you have. Um, So that's how frustrated people were. They were excited to learn about what was going in their bodies and the treatment available, but they're frustrated. So Along with that, and seeing so many um, people come to this realization about their fertility, because the Creighton model is a shared system and there's a man and a woman there learning together, um, one of my clients um, achieved a pregnancy and the man said, Carrie, are there any doulas in the area? And I'm like, first, what's a doula? I had at this point given birth to two children and I'm like, what's a doula? Um, And they're like, it's someone who like helps in childbirth. I'm like, whoa, that's a job. And I looked it up (laughs) and saw like what it was. And I was like, oh, someone who can support them physically, emotionally and informationally during their process. Yeah, I can do this. Yeah. So this, this man, he was like, you know, Carrie, you've been here through this really challenging time of learning what was going on um, with our fertility and helping us to achieve pregnancy. Can you be there with us during the birthing process too? And I was like, yeah, 
I could do this. So that, that couple was my second, um, doula client, but, uh, that was 2015 that I, uh, became a doula. So that's when I just said, yeah, I got to call myself something. (laughs) So that's where I came with this holistic (laughs) women's health advocate. Um, and then we'll get in more about uh, what we did with young women after that as well. But, um, really my main mentor, Leah Jacobson of the guiding star project, she just wrote the book, holistic feminism. And she does a wonderful job of teaching about the history of feminism, all the different waves, and this new one that we feel we're coming into now, which is celebrating our holism, right? And actually um, helping women to know that they can be fully female and accomplish all of the things in their life they want to do. Just like you ladies, you know, you can have a career and be a mother at the same time. And it's really our society and our, our culture that needs to change around the woman. Yeah. So that was a really long way to answer like what I do. Uh, but now I have a 10-year-old daughter, Abigail, who is jumping into pre-puberty. And I'm super excited about that. I have a seven-year-old Hudson. <laughs> um, awesome. And we miscarried our third baby. Uh, her name is Ashley. Um, I'm very passionate about sharing about her because um, I became a bereavement doula as well. So helping women through loss um, and the fact that the Creighton model told me why I lost my baby because I have a progesterone deficiency. We can talk more about that. And then I have what we call a rainbow baby named Wyatt, and he is now four years old. So I work here in my home um, with Ashwood Fertility Care Center. We have five other practitioners that work with us. And then um, I also am the national coordinator for the Guiding Star Cycle Show, where we teach nine to 13 year old girls about their bodies and what's going to happen through puberty and throughout womanhood. And then I'm a birth doula as well. So that's what I do. (laughs) A lot of things on your plate, I feel like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that is a lot. That's amazing. That's so amazing. Um, I mean, I'm just in awe because I feel like everything that you're doing is so cool and you're opening my eyes. I mean, through the, your page and things that I've been reading, it's amazing. I was going to ask you, Carrie, can you tell us a little bit more in depth of what a fertility awareness methods are? Yeah, there's quite a few different methods out there. And as I said, you know, I mean, I was almost 30 years old when I heard that there was even a way to track your menstrual cycle. And this is more than just those apps that are on your phone that you just put in your period. Um, Most of these methods are tracking when do you ovulate? Because ovulation, when your body releases an egg, is the main event of the whole cycle. But usually women just know about their periods because that's what we can see on the outside, right? Well, there's also something else we can see, which we can sometimes call the white flow, which is cervical mucus that we have as we are approaching ovulation. Um, And we can get way into all the things about like why we have that and all that. But it's an outward sign of an inward reality of what's happening in our bodies. And so these um, natural methods of fertility regulation or fertility awareness-based methods. There's so many different ones that have, they have different, what we call biomarkers, things that they're tracking to understand when ovulation is happening, when the woman is fertile and when she's not fertile. 
Because did you know that there's only a short window of time that women are actually fertile? I mean, what were you told in high school? Yeah, I learned. Yeah, I learned that when I started to try. <laughs> right, right. But in high school, they told you what? Yeah, what did they tell you in high school? Be Any careful, time. you could get pregnant all the time. <laughs> right. Anytime you have sex, you'll have a pregnancy, right? Well, it's absolutely not true. And that's it. We're lying. We're lying to our young people. And then when we they have an unintended pregnancy, you're like, why are you so stupid? Well, no one told them. No one told them. <laughs> so, right. um, and it's so yeah. simple. And that's when people get kind of frustrated because when we teach them a fertility awareness-based method, it's super empowering as a woman to know where you are in your cycle and what that means for how you are going to react to different things in your life. Um, when you're on your period, you feel very different, right? When you're approaching ovulation after your period, you have different strengths and weaknesses. And after ovulation, you have different strengths and weaknesses as well because of the different hormones that are fluctuating throughout your body. But when a woman knows that, You've given her the ability to understand why she's freaking out about this at a certain point of the month that she wouldn't at another time. And then that empowers a couple as well to be able to know like, oh, you know, my, my wife's not crazy. She actually has this change in hormones that makes her really sensitive at this point of the time. Or, oh, she actually has a hormonal imbalance that can be treated. And that she can have freedom from and not have to feel that she's um, out of control of her body. So fertility awareness methods give women and couples actually control and understanding of what's happening in the, the woman's fertility cycle. And then gives the understanding of when the woman is fertile and infertile so that they can plan their families with that information as well. So the different biomarkers that are used... Um, or symptoms that are uh, recorded. There's um, mucus-only systems like the Creighton model um, and the Billings model. So they only look at the symptom of cervical mucus or when you wipe with your tissue, the sensation. There's other ones that are called symptothermal and those use temperature. And like I said, that was kind of the one I did on my own without an instructor just reading a book. And I was really confused because there's a lot of different things that can come into play with your temperature. Like if you're sleeping through the night, <laughs> how many of you are doing that <laughs> with your little babies at home? Right? <laughs> um, so I mean, um, so like I, I was trying to do that right after I had my baby, right? And if you aren't sleeping through the night and you aren't waking up at the, exactly the same time every morning. And putting the thermometer in your mouth before you talk, <laughs> like it could be off. Mm. So that's why I was really stressing out. I'm like, oh, how wow. accurate is this? Um, but some people really like that thermometer, that temperature reading to be um, as a, another mm. symptom to check. Um, and then there's also some fertility awareness methods that have um, an actual tracker that you um, put your urine on a stick that... Um, tells about the estrogen and LH levels and kind of gives a little bit more digital reading as to your fertility as well. So yeah, there's a lot of different ones out there. And the thing is, is that these methods are all bulked together to say, 
um, how effective they are, as well as the really archaic calendar method that women used way before any of these modern awareness-based methods came to be. Um, And that was just literally looking at when you had your period and counting days Mm. and deciding when the next one's going to be. And that's not accurate and not effective of knowing when your fertility is. So um, now there are so many different methods and most of them have instructors that go along with them as well. And that's really important um, is to look for a method that's going to fit your lifestyle and that you have an instructor with you as well. Because when I started using the Creighton model system with an instructor, she told me, oh, you're doing this right. And you, um, yeah, you made a mistake here. You need to correct this so that I could be confident using it throughout the rest of my reproductive life, right? Um, But yeah, so they put all of these methods together in one effectiveness, um, along with a very ineffective calendar method. And the doctors basically say, oh, those natural methods are not effective, (laughs) which is bogus, because they really are. The Creighton model itself is 98.6% effective to avoid pregnancy which is the same, if not better, than every contraceptive pill and device on the market without putting anything into your body and destroying your um, fertility. I'm like, wow. But no one told me that in the doctor's office. I had to go find it on my own. So that's why I'm super glad to share this today on this podcast. And there's so many great people out on um, Instagram and social media sharing too. Um, If you aren't following... Um, balanced fertility, our friend JJ. I think that's how we even got connected mm-hmm. here too. Um, yes, she is yes. just a nurse that's sharing so much about fertility awareness based methods. So you you probably have been watching her. Yes, I, I know I know Jeanette. So it's awesome. So Carrie, I was thinking it was so important how you said destroying your fertility with birth control because you know when you become sexually active, right? I became sexually active at a young age. I was like 15, 16, and I knew I didn't want a child, right? And so instead of learning anything besides, you know, birth control and condoms, like that was it. That was my only two options. There was nothing else. And the reality is that people are not going to stop being sexually active just because of that. Like is the truth Mm -hmm. of it, right? Otherwise we wouldn't have unplanned pregnancies in the teenage years. Right. And so the only option was the birth control pill at that point, right? That's the first thing I remember walking to Planned Parenthood I'm like, I'm not here in Texas. Like I'm under 18. I don't have parental consent. That's why I'm coming to Planned Parenthood. What can you give me right away? Well, here's a pill and here's some condoms mm-hmm. and walk out the door. Uh, remember to take the pill every day at the same time. I have a thyroid issue as well that I need to take a pill every day at the same time that mm-hmm. I've had since I was also 14. Ask me yeah. if I take it at the same time every day. It's like, I forget you would think it's a habit. Right. And it's one of those things that they just gave you a pill. They didn't tell me anything about it. Here I was on, um, you know, just birth control pills. I never suffered from PMS before. I get on the pill Mm -hmm. and guess what? Cramps. I'm like, what is that? Breaking Mm -hmm. out. All the symptoms that usually people get masked with, right? Like if they have really bad periods, they give them the birth control pill. Well, I was at the reverse. It's like I never had even as much as a cramp. And now here I am cramping during my period. I go mm-hmm. back about 16, 17, back to the doctor. Hey, I still don't have parental consent. Can you still give me some other birth control? So they gave me um, 
the mini pill or something like with lower hormones still mm -hmm. didn't work. Finally, I was 18. I was able to go to uh, Texas Tech Women's Health Center. Uh, I no longer needed my mom's signature on it. And so they gave me the NuvaRing. And I told them, I'm, like, I'm terrible at taking the pill every day. I am going to end up pregnant even if we're using condoms. I just have this fear of getting a child at 18. Like, I can't do this. They're like, oh, well, mm -hmm. we can do the NuvaRing because, you know, this is, you don't have to be doing mm -hmm. something every day. I didn't want to be on the shot. I didn't want anything so permanent. But I think I've talked in other episodes of what a psychotic person I was on NuvaRing thinking that was my normal. Thinking right. that fog that I felt on my brain was me. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, it's probably because of my thyroid issue. Uh, that's why I feel like this. It's just all these hormones are going crazy without ever having somebody tell me your birth control could be making you crazy. Yeah. Right? And like, I was, mm -hmm. I, I told people I didn't hit puberty until I was in my 20s. No, I didn't hit puberty mm -hmm. or I didn't get all this like um, surge of hormones until I started getting on a consistent birth control. And mm -hmm. then like this psychotic person I was where I was just constantly in a bad mood. I All I can say is that I was walking through life with fog in my brain and a blindfold and I thought that was okay. And just because yeah. I was going through life okay, that was fine. And then when I finally went off birth control, it literally felt like the blindfold came off. And I'm like, mm -hmm. why was it suffering like this for five, six, eight years? Like, mm -hmm. what was in the world? And that's when I started really becoming, and then you start trying to get pregnant and you think you're off birth control. You're going to, you know, take a month or two to cleanse your system, whatever that means. And bam, you're mm -hmm. pregnant. Oh, no, mm -hmm. you're not, sweetie. Right? It takes so mm -hmm. much time. And you don't, and that's the thing. It's like what you say, it's like, you don't know. No, and you know, I guess there is some risk of following this method if you don't do it correctly, but it's just as effective. I could have just as easily had a like a accidental pregnancy on birth control. And when you're talking about yes. like 98, 99%, it's like it's the same to me, it's like it's the same risk without the side effects. Yes. Because the only side effect mm -hmm. we're gonna end up with is a baby, and I could end up with a baby on either scenario. Give me mm -hmm. the non-hormonal side. <laughs> Right. It's so, on the non-hormonal side. And is a baby something to be in risk of? No. Is breaking yeah, your exactly. normal natural function? Yeah. Yes. And that's actually a problem, so... right? <laughs> yes. Right. Oh, and then they just so give you more medicine. So... Yeah. Yeah, more yeah. medicine, right? And and Carla, they gave you like three different things. And each time you said they didn't teach you like what what is this actually going to do to you? Because I mean, let's talk about consent, right? When, when you give someone a medication that's going to alter a normal function of their body, but you're not telling them that's going to happen or how that's going to happen, but you were, you said 15 when you took your first one. So at 15, your body had not finished puberty, you know, um, it takes exactly. three to five years for your cycles to actually become normal. And a lot of women, I mean, you took it for the reason of um, not wanting to get pregnant, but a lot of young women might have irregularity there at the beginning of their cycles and their moms, well-meaning moms that want their daughters to have the best are thinking, oh, there's something wrong. And um, the minute they have their periods, I need to take them to the gynecologist. Well, no, we don't need to do that because it takes three to five years for the cycles to become what her normal will be. 
And so when we put a young girl on the birth control pill, we're robbing her of the healthy estrogen and progesterone that need to be produced in her body and that cyclic variation that actually changes the way her brain is developing and her bone density and all the important things for the rest of her life and the possibility of it becoming challenging to achieve a pregnancy, right? But at 15, were you concerned of later on in life having a baby? No. And no one was telling you that that was even a possibility. So you weren't given consent of what was going into your body fully, even though you wanted it, right? Even though you asked for it, the doctor didn't give you full consent of these are the things that um, can go wrong. Are you okay with taking this chance? (laughs) You know? Um, And so that's what's, that's the biggest lie that's been given to women today, I think. And for a few generations now, We stopped teaching about fertility, what our bodies do in grade school, which is where it should happen, right? Even before we Mm -hmm. go through puberty, we should be learning that. So as I said, you know, like so many of um, my couples and clients have asked, why didn't I learn this sooner? And um, to tell you the truth, when I found out I was having a baby girl, it was the same day we found out we were moving to Iowa and I cried because I have four older sisters and a mom and they're all crazy. And I was like, I will never have a daughter. There's no way (laughs) I could handle the hormonal issues that women have. Like no way. So I find out I'm having a baby girl and we're moving halfway across the country and on the same day. And I just cried. I was like, you, what am I going to do? You know? Um, and so now that I've learned how amazing it is to be a woman and how awesome our hormones actually really are. I'm so sad that I only have one daughter to take through this. Um, So I went looking for a program to teach younger girls. I was like, we got to do a better job. And I found a program in Germany called The Cycle Show. And I brought this program over um, and it's a five-hour workshop for moms, um, to learn first first ahead of time uh, what we're going to go through. And then the five-hour workshop is just for the girls, nine to 13 years old. And we have about 10 to 16 girls in a workshop. And we teach them everything that happens in the woman's body during a pregnancy first. And then we share with them what's going to happen in their body when they don't have a pregnancy. Why do we do that first? Because we need to teach them why our body is doing all the things that it's doing because it's always preparing for the possibility of a pregnancy, of a new life every cycle. And when you tell a young girl, this is why your body is doing this and your body is good and your body is a treasure and it's something to take care of and protect, they then have this awe and wonder like, ah, I need to make really good choices to care for this amazing thing that's going on in my body, even before her cycles are starting. And so the um, this mission of the cycle show is I can only protect what I value and respect, right? So we have to give these young people the ability of valuing and respecting their body so they know what they're protecting. Because what do you hear? have protected sex, have safe sex, right? But what am I protecting myself from? And what am I even protecting? I don't even know that I have value or the dignity of what's going on inside of me, right? So um, 
we started this three years ago now, and it's amazing. I get to go all over the U.S. and share this workshop. And uh, my daughter went through it last year when she was nine, and now she's 10. And at, at 10 years old, she knows how a baby is formed, exactly what's going to happen. And she doesn't have her period. She probably won't for maybe one or two more years. But whenever she hears mm-hmm. about um, like a teen pregnancy, she goes, mom, how come no one told them? I'm like, told them what? She's like, how babies are made. If they knew, they wouldn't have done that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, yeah. And I mean, isn't that amazing? And so then she heard about the birth yes. control pill because somebody asked about it in a workshop. And she's like, what is that? And I was like, yeah, you know, some women will take this pill and it stops their ovulation um, and sometimes causes an issue later on that they can't have babies, but they don't know that ahead of time. And she's like, why would anyone ever put a chemical in their body that would stop their ovulation? That's so important. She's 10. Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) She knows way more than I did like at that age. For sure. Absolutely <laughs> she does. But that's what my my goal is. Like, let's change that. Yeah. Let's teach all these young people how awesome it is to be whole and real and not clouded, right? And put things mm-hmm. into our bodies that shut off stuff. Because we know, Carla, like they're telling us now, like the pill is causing depression and is causing mental disorders for so many women. And when you come with your symptoms, they yeah. say, oh, let's try a different one. Oh, let's do another one because mm-hmm. you need this. I'm like, no, you don't. Like you can live normal and natural in your body and know what's going on and make decisions whether to have sex on certain days and be whole. And it is possible to right. be in control of your own self. Like so, so good. But yeah, it's new. People are like, no way, because for so many generations now, we've just been saying to be a woman is to be on the pill and to postpone babies, to have our education or our um, careers and all of that. And yes, those things are important, but we can do it without breaking our bodies. (laughs) We can. We can do that. I think we've almost been taught as a society to not trust our bodies, right? Like we Mm -hmm. need a medication to do this for us because- Mm -hmm. Otherwise, like our bodies in some, I don't know, we, we think they're broken when in reality, no, like God created our bodies. Like they're so magnificent. And like, yes, just the fact that we're breathing, like all the things mm-hmm. that happen in our body to tell our, like, you know, our brain to tell our body to breathe. Like that's, we don't, we don't worry about that. So how do you know, right. we, why do we think we need a medication to like manage our, you know, cycles or whatever the case may be where, we trust mm-hmm. our body to do absolutely everything else. Like we're breathing, living, like we trust it in that way. But I feel like women are told like not to trust ourselves, not to trust our bodies mm-hmm. and that we do need this pill to take control. And I mean, I was on birth control for a very brief time in my life. And mm-hmm. I remember that I would have a lot of bleeding like throughout from the pill, like I would just bleed the, all the time. And I was like, I can't live like this. This is like so annoying, yeah. you know, like I, mm-hmm. I don't want to be bleeding every day. Like what, you know, I thought it was supposed to like make you bleed less. Like that's always what I thought. And yeah, I would go, I went to the doctor and she's like, well, let's try this other one. Like that's all they do. They don't really like, right. oh, that's just a possible side effect, but here's another pill. Like try that one. And I had the same experience that like 
similar to Carla in that my emotions, like my mood was very mm-hmm. different. And my husband noticed and he was like, yeah, like what's wrong? Like what's wrong with you? And I, and in my head, I didn't – it's hard to tell what it is. Like you, you almost do believe it's you. Like yeah. you don't think it's an external factor. Like I'm like, I don't know. Like mm-hmm. I feel like crazy, but maybe I am crazy. Like I don't know what's going on. And so we made the decision to get off of it. And yeah, like it was like night and day. I felt way better. And my husband even, mm-hmm. he was like, yeah, you are back to normal. Like, yeah. I'm like, well, like, I don't know. I guess it was that, you know? But yeah, it's so great that you're you're teaching young women because I think a lot of moms, like you said, well-meaning, they do think like birth control or go to the gynecologist because you're having like painful periods or whatever the case. And they think that that's the solution. But to take a mm-hmm. look in and try to figure out what really is the solution without breaking the rest of our body, you know, like our body in another yes. way. So that's amazing. Yeah. Great. Yeah. And I was the same too, Cindy. And here we are, three women who have all had birth control situations and are all saying the same thing. So like I too, my husband actually told me mm. after my four months on the birth control pill, he's like, you don't even seem like the same woman I fell in love with. And they actually have research mm. that shows that. That if you are attracted to someone while you're on the pill and then you go off of it, sometimes you are not still attracted to that person. Like it changes your pheromones. It changes how your brain perceives things. Like that's significant, you know? Um, And so when I found out how the birth control pill actually worked, I was shocked, you know? And it was after I was already off of it. And I did a YouTube video on that. You can go to Ashwood Fertility Care on YouTube. And I have a great explanation of how the birth control pill works. Um, so go listen to that, but yeah, we have to, we have to teach them that. And so now you made that, that mention too, of like, um, say there is something actually wrong or a mother is concerned about her daughter or a, a grown woman is like, Oh, I've got something going on wrong with my natural cycles. Um, and you go to the doctor and what are they going to do? They're going to say, go on the pill. Right. Because that's all they have. Like I said, that's the only thing they have in their toolbox. But there are right. a growing number of uh, providers, doctors, midwives, um, nurse practitioners that are what we call um, uh, restorative, reproductive technologists. So um, these are doctors who have trained to learn about how the woman's natural fertility cycle works and have done extra training to find underlying issues, and then how to actually treat them working cooperatively with their natural cycle. So the birth control pill stops the cycle. It keeps the woman from ovulating. But that's not her problem, is it? It's basically the same as if you have a runny nose and they cut your nose off. Was that really the problem? No. So, um, yes, um, your, your ovaries are ovulating, but we don't need to shut them off because there's a problem with how your period is bleeding, right? We have to look right. at what actually the problem is and solve it in that way. So the Creighton Model Fertility Care System that I teach gives access to um, bring our charts to what's called a NAPRO technology medical consultant. And these providers are growing. They're, they're starting to sprout out all over the U.S., 
Um, but when you actually have a problem or your daughter has a problem and you want to get good care for them, you need to reach out <laughs> to one of our fertility care centers, um, a fertility awareness-based method instructor that can help you get to a doctor that's going to work cooperatively with your cycle. Because if you go to a normal doctor, mm -hmm. again, all they have is the pill and that's not going to help anything. Um, it's endometriosis awareness month right now. And endometriosis is a disease that basically some of the inside lining of the uterus um, type tissue is outside of the, of the uterus and is attaching on different parts of the mm. woman's body and causes great pain during her menstrual cycles right. um, and is causing major inflammation and things like that. And they're saying that it takes an average of eight to 10, sometimes 12 years for women to be diagnosed with this because doctors aren't looking for underlying issues. If a woman says, I have painful periods, they just put her on the pill to suppress and band-aid that problem. Um, but she deserves to have a provider to find that underlying issue. So I'm really thankful that I teach the Creighton model system that allows me to, even in my um, education training with the client, I can pick out problems on their chart and tell them like, we have doctors that can help you with this. And there's hope. And it's quick. Like within one to two cycles of charting, we can find out the issues and get them to a doctor that is going to help. Um, and never using the birth control pill or shutting down something normal that's happening in their bodies. So that's really important for women to know because this is not being talked about in the office unless they are um, privileged enough to be in a natural technology medical um, provider's office. Yeah, I feel like most doctors will, you know, traditional like OBGYNs will look at you like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, you know, and you know, because they also, they don't know what they don't know. Like you said, they're not taught about this. So to them, it's like, mm -hmm. what are you talking about? Like, it almost sounds foreign. <laughs> but I was going to ask you, Carrie, why is it important to have a fertility care practitioner teach these methods to you? Like, because in the beginning, when we were off, off recording, Carla was telling you how I, both of us kind of had a similar, we both started to try to get pregnant around the same time. So we both like Carla's the one that told me about the ovulation strips and I kind of would like test and, and try to find when I was ovulating and all of that stuff. But we did it very like loosely, like just based off of the ovulation and not really tracking for anything deeper, I guess. But why mm -hmm. is it important to have a, a guide? And I know you were kind of self-taught at that first method. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, well, it's important to have a guide for, of course, the obvious reason of confidence, like, am I doing this right? And that was the main one for me. But then to know that, especially with Creighton Model um, and, and at Ashwood, we have six of us, uh, fertility care awareness um, uh, instructors, and we have been taught how to manage charts for every reproductive category. So no matter what you're dealing with, we have education on how to tailor make the system for you and for you to understand what's normal for your situation and what you should be considering seeing. And then if there's something that's abnormal or not usual, how to um, identify that and bring that to the attention of a trained medical consultant so that you can get the help that you really need. Um, and then, of course, the effectiveness of that working with an instructor, we can say that you can avoid pregnancy up to 98% effectiveness. But also, on the other hand, of trying to achieve pregnancy, 
couples who um, are having a challenge in achieving pregnancy, um, we see up to an 80% success rate um, with charting with the system and using the NAPRO technology um, to achieve pregnancy naturally. Now, when you talk about reproductive, um, like um, artificial reproductive technologies like IVF, IUI, all of that, they actually have like a 30 and sometimes 40% success rate at this point um, per cycle. Um, and that's not a natural conception and it costs a lot of money. I know you guys had a um, yeah. a podcast on IVF and that woman, they mm-hmm. had to spend so much um, out of the desperate right. of having a natural born child. Um, and if we don't take care of the problems um, that is causing a challenge in fertility, then each time they want to have a child, they'll still have the same problem. But with NAPRO technology, if we fix the problem, that woman's health is restored and she, and she is the main purpose. We always say, um, if you go to an infertility clinic, they'll tell you, we can get you pregnant. But they don't tell you, we can restore your fertility, restore your health. And so with NAPRO technology, we want the woman to be restored first. Her health matters. She's not a baby factory. She is a woman who deserves right. to live holy and healthy in her body because she's still going to be a wife when those babies leave home. <laughs> she's still going to be a woman who deserves to feel good and to live well. And so we want that first. And then the icing on the cake or the cherry on top is going to be a natural conception if that's their desire. So we want to care for the woman's health. And that's it too, is we're about fertility appreciation. And that's what you learn with an instructor is how to appreciate your fertility, no matter if you're avoiding or achieving pregnancy, or if you're single, like your fertility still matters. It's one of the fifth vital signs of life for women. So that's really important and empowering. When you know about what's going on in your body, you don't just walk around going, oh, I have these problems and I hate being a woman which could be a cause for a lot of mental illness in our world, right? But if we know about what's going on, that's very different. Oh, I can deal with this. I can um, do things differently at different points in my cycle to feel good and to live well. Yeah. And the fertility awareness method, I guess, what are the trainers, I guess, the teachers of the method? Yeah, we're fertility care practitioners. (laughs) Practitioners. I'm like, I couldn't get the word and I'm like trying to look for it, but- the practitioners, do they, you all have to go to like school for a while to learn this or how is the training for that? Yeah, we all go through a 13 month internship um, through the education oh, wow. program um, in Omaha, like I shared at the beginning. Uh, so the St. Oh, Paul the, yes, Institute Paul. for Human Reproduction. Mm-hmm. Um, there's training centers all over now, but it's a very standardized model. So every instructor learns exactly the same way. So I can say this about the Creighton model. Every instructor learns the same way. We teach our clients all exactly the same way. So you can be assured that you're going to get quality instruction. Uh, We have certifications that we have to update and keep going. Um, And you can't teach, you can't get materials to clients if you aren't up to date on those certifications. So that's really important. Um, And that's why we really pride ourselves in the practitioners that we have in in our center at Ashwood, because I know that they are all teaching really, really well. And we all have instructors too. They might be each other, but we are all charting our own cycles and showing those to um, someone else as well. 
So um, we really believe that every woman deserves to have this education. So the first part, the introductory session, it's a 90 minute session that um, is for a group. Um, In 2020, we decided to make that free. Uh, because every woman deserves to know how her body works. If she decides to go on and start charting with one of our instructors, there's, of course, fees that go along with that for that care. But um, the the intro session we decided to make free um, since 2020 because I just want every woman to learn the basics about how her cycle works and couples to be able to understand that this is an option also. Um, so I teach the uh, intro session online via webinar once a month, the first uh, Thursday of the month um, at 7 Central. So you can go to ashwoodfertilitycare.com and um, check out the free intro session webinar. Um, some of our other practitioners will sometimes do pop-ins throughout the month and do intro sessions then. We've got them in person in a few different locations in Northwest Iowa. Um, but we are really serving clients all over the U.S. and several other countries, which is really fun um, to be able to share in that way um, via yeah. online. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I took one of your intro classes. Actually, you were mm-hmm. so um, gracious enough to schedule it when I was not working because I work Thursdays. Yeah, but we can do that. I mm-hmm. took the class and it was really awesome. I It was eye-opening. I learned a lot. I mean, I did not know the importance of cervical mucus, like mm-hmm. never. And I'm a nurse. Like I had no clue that that's right. as important as it is, like the function. And it was a really good class. I really enjoyed it. So I do definitely recommend that anyone that's interested in at least getting like a little taste, you know, you're not a hundred percent sure of what this is or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that's a great way to get plugged in and to, you know, you do leave the the person wanting more. I feel like, cause afterwards I was like, that's it. Like, what do you mean? I need, like, I need to know more. And you know, from some, I've had a miscarriage in the past, so I would have mm, loved so to have sorry. been able to know, Oh, it's okay to know what, I've had two miscarriages. Oh my gosh. Two miscarriages Mm. in the past before I had my my. son. And so they were back to back. And I mean, it's, it would have been helpful to know, like, you know, cause you always are left wondering like what happened or, you know, and to kind of have the possibility of having, obviously maybe the, a a practitioner having found an issue before me trying to get pregnant and then telling me like, Hey, you know what? Like, it looks like this is what's going on in your cycle. I would like you to talk to like the NAPRO technology doctor and see what's going on because obviously to prevent miscarriages would be great because nobody should go through that. It's, it's a very hard time. So I think that's amazing, but I love that class. Um, I was going to ask you, Carrie, can you go in a little bit more depth of like NAPRO technology and how it's incorporated in the Creighton model and how it approaches like infertility differently? Because I think that's a big, a big deal. You know, a lot of people like Mm -hmm. that's kind of where you get bulked into is like when you cannot get pregnant in a certain time, they just send you to, to like IVF or whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes women don't want to do, you know, I have a a best friend of mine that she's about to start trying to get pregnant soon. And she had told me that IVF was not an option for her. Like that's not something that she'd consider for whatever reasons, which I was a little bit shocking to me because I always thought women would would do that. You know what I mean? Like I always thought mm-hmm. everyone would do IVF, but she was like, I'm not willing to do that. 
And so for her, that's completely out of the question right now. And so Mm -hmm. for people like her, that maybe IVF is something that they've never considered for whatever reasons they have. How does it help? Yeah. Well, as I shared a little bit already, the the main difference is that we're going to work on the woman's health and find out why is she having a challenge in achieving pregnancy. Okay. Because our bodies are made to do that. We're made to achieve pregnancy um, and carry a baby full term. And if there's a reason that it's not happening, like those of us who have had miscarriage, there's sometimes Mm -hmm. a very easy hormonal issue like a lack of progesterone that's really needed after ovulation to support a baby. And so many of Mm -hmm. us, um, myself included, I have to take progesterone supplements in every cycle. And that actually um, alleviates my my premenstrual syndrome. But also if I was to achieve a pregnancy, it's going to allow my baby to survive. And then in pregnancy, I take progesterone support and it's monitored in a very different way than they do mm-hmm. in other um, offices and regular OB offices. They'll say, oh yeah, you know, we can try progesterone um, just your first trimester and then just stop it. And there's no evidence that it's any better after that. Well, with Nefro technology, right. we check the woman's um, progesterone levels every two weeks throughout her pregnancy. Um, and she's getting supplements up until the point that it's in the range that we feel confident of taking her off. And so for some women, that's all the way through to 36 weeks. And wow. we're saving babies' lives. That's yeah. huge. Now, IVF, on the other hand, we're not looking for why is the woman not achieving pregnancy? And we're taking mm-hmm. this um, outside of her body. They overstimulate the the woman's um, ovaries to produce eggs and they harvest the eggs and they take the man's sperm and they put that together outside of the woman's body and then implant the embryo back into the woman's body. That's a very mm-hmm. invasive procedure. And um, there's many women who, who have moral issues of why they won't do that. And there's also the high price tag as well, why they wouldn't do that. Right. Also. Um, so There's a lot of different reasons why women wouldn't want to choose that or couples wouldn't want to choose that. Um, And some of them would say, oh, there's no other option for me because someone didn't tell them about NAPRO technology. But again, with NAPRO technology, we're going to have you chart your cycles with Creighton model. After one to two cycles, we can see usually just right there what's going on. Uh, The medical consultant then with NAPRO is going to do some tested blood work um, to um, confirm what they're seeing on the chart. They usually start with some hormonal therapy that works cooperatively with the woman's cycle. So we're not hyperextending it, making it do things that it wasn't already capable of doing. Um, and then we're going to help her to see on her chart that things are improving. So we have more to look at mm. than just, oh, did she achieve pregnancy or not? Or is she just feeling better or not? There's all these biomarkers on the chart that give us such a wealth of information. And we can see up to six cycles on one chart. So over six months of time, we can see, oh, the ovulation is at a better place or ah, this certain type of bleeding issue she was having is no longer there. Oh, it's getting better. And that grows the confidence for the woman to, wow, my body is healing. And this cooperative Mm. therapy is working together with her. Um, And the doctor is working cooperatively with her body. So we're not... um, we're not left with the diagnosis of you're broken. I'm sorry. There's nothing more I can do for you. They're like, no, let's, 
actually go all the way and find out all the issues. And then, oh, it looks like you need surgery to find out about your endometriosis or your possible um, polycystic ovaries. That can be treated and effectively give you a better life (laughs) and allow Mm. you to naturally achieve pregnancy as well. So most of these big issues are just left untreated, undiagnosed. And the woman just lives her life thinking, oh, I was just dealt these cards and I'm just broken and there's nothing I can do about it just because they didn't have the healthcare providers to care for their bodies. So that's just what we're trying to change. The more information women get and the more education we put out there, they will stand up and say, we want this better healthcare. And there's there's organizations like FACTS um, that are teaching med students now about these fertility awareness-based methods. And um, so we are going to have more and more doctors that are coming in um, that are brand new out of med school teaching in their offices, hey, there's natural methods. I don't have to put you on the birth control pill. There are other things. IVF is not the only answer. There are real solutions for your problems. And I'm here to care for you because that's what healthcare is, right? care for your health, yeah. not make more problems yeah. with your medication. Yes. And I love, yeah. I love that you say that they work with your cycles because it's mm-hmm. not, I think it's an uphill battle if we're trying to work against what our body's naturally, yes. our body's just going to do what it's going to do. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, we really can't boss our bodies around in that right. way. Like, you know, you give it the pill to kind of shut it up a little bit, but at the end of the day, the body's <laughs> still going to be, you know, the body's like, Absolutely. I'm doing what I'm doing. Like either you join me or you like come against me, but it's not. So it's really cool that they join you where you're at and join you where your body mm-hmm. is and kind of honor that everyone's body is unique and everyone's cycle is different mm-hmm. and unique. You know, like mm-hmm. those apps, they just go based off of like, what right. average cycle is. I mean, I'm tracking my ovulation right now. And let me just tell you that it's not what the app said. Like I was even starting no. to worry. I was telling my <laughs> husband, like, it's not taking it up. Like what's going on, you know? And then he's like, yeah. you're just wait. Like it, maybe he's all, maybe your cycle is different this month. He's all trying to, he's also yeah, trying to, you know, be with me with month. that. Yeah. yeah. And, and it was, and I, yeah. And I was like, you know what? You're right. Last, last month was a very short for me. And so it's just interesting to see but yeah, I love that you guys are working with the body, with the woman's unique cycle instead of trying to fight against it. Okay, so I'll go ahead and go to the next question, which was, who would be considered a good candidate for, I mean, it sounds like everyone to me, but I don't know if you have exclusions for the fertility awareness methods and NAPRO technology. And I guess at mm-hmm. what age would you recommend someone start? I know you have the program that's for the young women, the nine to 13 year olds, but is there, can you start with your um, Ashwood Fertility Care Center like early? Does it matter? Yeah, great question. So yeah, any anyone who is ovulating <laughs> can definitely use the system. <laughs> but also, um, if you are anovulatory, like you're having a problem, we're going to be able to pick that up on the charting. So mm-hmm. we say that the Creighton model is great for 16 years old plus all the way through okay. menopause, right? So we can navigate all the way through the end of our reproductive life as well. Um, so I started a uh, program called Charting Health for Young Women that you can see on ashwoodfertilitycare.com as well. 
And this is an online course for mothers and daughters for nine to 15. So nine, getting ready to go through puberty, all of this. And this program I created because we need to teach the mom and the daughter, Mm -hmm. right? We have a twofold Mm -hmm. education deficit happening right now in our culture. So um, we got to teach the whole first module I'm teaching mom about how to share her story and come to terms with, I didn't know this before, but now I want this for my daughter. And I'm going to now join in with her and learn this with her, right? Um, that's awesome. And that's uh, that's where I'm going with my daughter too. Like I'm teaching her all in that way. Um, so that's going to help her to start out on just a basic calendar of like, I think I see something, not all the intricate things that we look at with cervical mucus and the Creighton model system, but just being aware, like, and then being able to actually um, navigate when her first period will be. And that's super cool and empowering to give her that ability. Um, and, and empowering her, like when you send her out from your home, like she can take care of her menstrual cycle. Not like, oh, I got her to the OBGYN and they gave her the pill. She's good. She's not going to get pregnant. (laughs) No, let's teach her more about like how amazing her body is and how she can make good choices for herself. Um, So that's 9 to 15. um, And then, yeah, from 16 on, um, we can use the formal method of the Creighton model. So the last module of my six-module course is teaching them how to choose a method of fertility awareness and just kind of the different ones available. So I'm in the process right now of putting this online course into an app, and that's going to be a lot easier for moms and daughters yeah. to um, navigate. So it's I won't do any promises, but I'm hoping by the end of March, it will be up in the app store and they can see it in a better that's way, so but you cool. can check that out on our website. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. Oh, I remembered what I was going to ask you, Carrie. So with mm-hmm. the progesterone supplementation, I'm just curious because they did do that for me on my, to conceive my son. So they did start mm-hmm. me on progesterone, Great. but it, like you said, they did it from like the start of my, I think the day after I ovulated, she wanted me to get on the progesterone mm-hmm. up until obviously if I had started my period to get off of it, but if I didn't to keep it going right. for the first trimester, but I, I, I had Great. a question, does progesterone, cause I had, she had told me that the placenta takes over afterwards so that Typically, the progesterone, <laughs> it's a bright. Because yeah. so uh, when you said that for some people, they'll keep it till 36 weeks or 37 weeks. I, I was wondering, does the drop in progesterone, could that like during like late into pregnancy, could mm-hmm. that cause a late term, like a stillbirth or something like that because yes. of the progesterone? Yes. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. Yeah. It can cause preterm birth. Oh, it can wow. cause, um, yeah, miscarriage, stillbirth. Yep. And that's why we continue that's so to monitor sad. That it. could and, make me know, cry. Like, because some there women are so are many babies that this, could be here. Yes. And be, and they would have never, and probably they would have yes. never even known now. Like, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. I know. And that's why I just want everyone to know that even if you're not charting with the crate model system and you are early in pregnancy, you maybe you've lost a baby or you've lost several. You can get NAPRO technology um, progesterone monitoring in your pregnancy. You can just contact the St. Paul VI Institute in Omaha. You can contact any NAPRO provider that you can come in contact with. They can make a way. They will help you to get this um, life-saving treatment that's available. So you don't have to have a history of charting. 
um, to do this, uh, to monitor your progesterone. It's very important. Every single one of our clients who achieves a pregnancy, we send them immediately after they get their positive pregnancy test to get their progesterone checked because it's so easy. Everyone, wow. It's so mm-hmm. easy to start um, supplementing if it's low and it could save your baby's life. Now, not 100% of miscarriages are caused by hormonal deficiency of progesterone, but mm-hmm. about 50% right. are. So why wouldn't we check? Yeah. It's a blood test. No, that, why wouldn't we check? I mean, that, that's super high still. Yeah, that's still super high to kind of prevent a... I mean, it's a tragedy, right? Like it can really scar you. It could really cause something that, you know, if we take vitamins and we do all this extra stuff for just what if, why wouldn't you take something that, and it's so sad, like you said, like you don't know until, and that's what I hate a lot about. It's like, you don't know until you go through the pain instead of being proactive, which is very reactive sometimes in our health. Mm-hmm. And it could, you know, it just causes a lot of pain for women, for the partners, for the family, because sometimes losing a baby is not just you. It could really have a ripple effect into the family, into oh, the grandparents, the siblings. For generations. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, and it's all this stuff. We we could be so proactive mm-hmm. about it. So this is so interesting. And it's like we learn something from every mom's story, from mm-hmm. every provider that we speak with. So I'm glad we're speaking about this because this is not something I would have talked about, right? And it's not right. until you're going through the pain of anything mm-hmm. that you really start thinking about what could have done differently. Right. And then, like, we say this over and over and share what we know with someone else. It yes. may not affect my friend A, but my friend A may have another friend that just from hearing this story, it could be literally life-changing. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm like, I, yeah, that made me very like emotional because, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a, something so simple. And I think, you know, even with me, like it was just for the first trimester, but I had, I really didn't know, you know, I mean, in nursing school, you don't learn super in depth about this stuff. And mm-hmm. I would have never known that it could have possibly been like a progesterone thing throughout my whole pregnancy, you know, and like, yeah. maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, but it's good to know that like you all, you kind of just, cause I think in, in what I, my experience with the gynecologist, the OBGYN, like they're more, they'll help you. But like, even with me, she said that usually they wouldn't do anything till the third miscarriage. And Isn't so, that outrageous? She, and it's in a row. That was like mind blowing. They have to have three losses in a row before they will even look at something possibly being wrong. So if you have a miscarriage, yeah. a live birth, miscarriage, live birth, you will never get a workup. Wow. I That's didn't know awful. that. I didn't know they had That's to be in a row. Health care. Yeah. yeah. In a row. No. You are so what she- blessed that your doctor was able to intervene and help you. Usually no, they wouldn't. And that's what she's. That's what she told me. She's like, I, mm-hmm. you know, usually this is not the way we do it, you know, or that we're told to do it. So she's like, but I don't want you to go through this again. And I'll forever <sighs> be grateful yeah. that she was able to, mm-hmm. you know, she did a lot of tests on me just to make sure like I didn't have any, you know, genetic mutations or something like right. weird that might be causing the recurrent miscarriages. But even mm-hmm. then, like she, she did, well, she was very honest with me that it's not the way that they typically do it, but she didn't want me to experience mm-hmm. a third. And so it's, it's to me, it's great that from your perspective, you know, with your clinic and everything that you guys do that for every woman, like you don't have to have mm-hmm. had a history. It's like, no, let's just make sure that we're starting on the right foot yeah. and that, yeah, maybe we don't know, but Hey, if we, 
you know, if we find that one woman out of 20 that needed the progesterone supplementation, like amazing, like we were able to help her, you know, maybe the other ones didn't need it, but we helped her. And that's, that's key. Like, right. That's just, that's how it should be because we shouldn't have to go through this three times (laughs) in a row to have anyone address anything. Absolutely. And that's where this advocacy comes in. We want to train you. We want to give our clients the ability to know what questions to ask because you didn't know. Right. And so Mm -hmm. like next time you get pregnant, you're like, oh, when I get my my pregnancy test, I'm going to want to get my provider to check my progesterone. But if they aren't trained in NAPRO protocols of progesterone, they don't even know what number they're looking for. So that's why we want to help them to get connected with the right providers, but also what to say, because you're going to get you're going to get like kickback in a regular office. Like, ah, you don't need to check your progesterone. You're fine. We'll see you at 10 weeks. And that's the other Mm. thing. Why do providers say, oh, we'll have your first prenatal at 10 weeks? Because if you miscarry before that, there's nothing they can do about it. Well, there's a lot Mm. you can do about it. And that's why we need to be in there much earlier and getting that care way ahead. And so these women are not at home miscarrying and giving birth to their babies and having no mm-hmm. one to talk to about it. Like how that's the most lonely place to be. And I've been there mm-hmm. like in yeah. my bathroom, giving birth to my baby and having no one there to help. And that's why, yeah, I became a bereavement doula as well, because women deserve to have help <laughs> at any yeah. point um, of, of their pregnancy that they're giving birth in, right? At all times. So yeah, no, but you're yes, right because I remember. <laughs> I remember that experience too. It's very lonely and like to be told that you're yes. not that they can't do anything. And then I remember clearly like looking at my husband and going through mm. this, and he would just like look so helpless. Like he too was right. like, I can't do anything. Like I could just stare at you and like try to help you, and you're like mm-hmm. in excruciating pain. But like I can't do anything. Right. Like you know, so it's like a loss yes. for like Carla said, it's like so many, so much more than just like me. Like it's directly my husband. It's then my parents. And then, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's a lot. So that's to know that it could possibly even a 50% chance of preventing that from, you know, happening to someone else. Like to, I always tell Mm -hmm. Carla because Carla has a daughter. I'm like, Carla, like we're learning all of this for Cassie. Like, For when she's, you know, getting to that time, like you could share all of this that your mom didn't know, like had our Mm -hmm. moms known, I don't, you know, it's not like they kept something from us. They just did not know. And so it's like, it's so cool. Like, and I I was in the same boat as you, Carrie, like, I think it scares me to, it used to scare me to have a daughter and like, kind of like you think, oh, the hormones, oh, we're all going to be like in this like ride. And for some reason, boys seem so much easier and like... (laughs) But I'm really, I, I hope I have a daughter one day because I yeah. think to, to show them and appreciate what is it is to be a woman, what it is to have mm-hmm. a cycle, what it is to do all of this. And it makes me sad because I've heard a lot of like women my age or, or around my age tell me like, I can't wait till I could just get a hysterectomy and I could like I end all of this. Yeah. And I'm just like, why is that the solution? Like, I just always think to myself, why is it that like dramatic of a thing that you feel yeah. you have to do to like feel mm-hmm. better? I'm like, that has its own like consequences, you know, to your body. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. but that's mm-hmm. a lot of women feel that that's the way out. 
And I put that in quotations because I'm like, yeah. the way out of what, you know, but we're just not taught to appreciate our bodies in that way. Right. We're taught to fight them and to be upset about them mm-hmm. and to like, oh, it's just because you're a woman. And like, that's the, you know, that's part of being a woman and it sucks. And you're just, you know, we're yeah. just taught that instead of like, no, like we can have power over this and we can work with yes. it and we could appreciate ourselves at every point and so I think yeah. what you're doing is is amazing like what you've done like you've done so much already and you know I'm glad that that I found you and that you know I me and Carla have been sharing about it and and just what change we could do in our own little circle that can cause so much more larger impact you know Yes yeah well thank you for giving voice to so many women and just sharing where they're at. And that is so very important because today in the feminist movement, we just want to have the same power as men, but what are we doing? We're like, we're knocking women down to be men to be able to have power. And it's like, no, let's change our culture around the fact that women have babies. So let's take care of their babies while they're working. Mm. Let's take care of their fertility while they're working because women are awesome in the workplace, right? And so we don't need to strip them of their feminism, of their feminist abilities to, to go on that power. So yeah. So I hope that all the listeners, yeah, would just know that uh, celebrate who you are as a woman. Um, And my quote that I just want to share with every woman is, um, for each of you, you can say this for yourself. I have a good body with a unique natural cycle mm. and it deserves to be cared for. So, yeah. yeah. So thank you guys so much for no, sharing and then giving be- the voice. Yes. Before we go, I had two more questions for you just to kind of tell us a little bit more about the Ashwood Fertility Care Center. Um, you, so you provide the charting um, through the practitioners as well as it's linked to the um, NAPRO technologist, correct? Right. Is that how That's it, right. And then yep. do you provide virtual services since we are in El Paso, so we're not close by? Are there is that an option yep. for us? Okay. And then yep. is we insurance can serve any woman virtually. And I love that because, you know, I don't think, I don't think El Paso has anything like that. Not that I've looked, but I don't think so. I will look to see, but I don't think we have that. So I think it's a great thing that you offer it virtually and you could share our charting with the practitioners virtually and they can help us like that. Um, yeah. Is any insurance accepted? Is it out of pocket pay? Yeah. Great question. We're a cash pay, but you can receive receipts to submit to your HSA health savings account or flex accounts. Some uh, insurance companies, though, do reimburse 100% for preventative care because that's what this is. Think about they're wow. paying for birth control. Why won't they pay for this? In yeah, Iowa, exactly. none of the insurance companies do, but I know that there are insurance companies in Texas that do because I have a couple clients there who have been able to submit our receipts and get 100% reimbursement, um, which is amazing. That's awesome. So, Take advantage of that. (laughs) We'll give you the codes to call your insurance company and find out what's available. That's great. And yeah, and from the class at the intro class I took, the prices were that I was told were very reasonable too. So I thought that that Mm -hmm. was great as well. And if anyone had any questions for you or where can they reach you? And I know you're saying that you're having the intro course is monthly. So is one coming up soon as well? 
Yeah, so we just had our monthly one um, last week. So the next one will oh, be uh, okay. the 7th of April. So the very first Thursday of each month. Um, there Thursday will definitely be one. But oftentimes watch our Instagram. Uh, we have pop-up sessions that happen when one of our other practitioners decides to give a webinar. So, yep, those are available. Cool. And yeah, our we try to help as much as we can. Um, it's, it is just my heart to make sure that all women get this information. So if it's a financial difficulty, let me know. I'll see what I can do. Um, but it is literally me just <laughs> giving it to you. <laughs> it's, we don't have like great That's funding true. or anything like, right. um, yeah, like uh, other organizations awesome. might have. So, but it's just our heart to get this into the hands of every woman of all ages. And where can we find you on social media, Carrie? I know you have um, one you can individually and then for your business. Oh, yeah. So uh, Ashwood Fertility Care, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook. And then uh, just Carrie Biedner at Carrie Biedner um, is my um, more individual uh, Instagram link. And Carrie Biedner, Holistic Women's Health Advocate, I believe it is, on Facebook. Okay. And then we'll link all of the stuff to the Ashwood Fertility Care Clinic as well so that if mm -hmm. any listeners want to go and, you know, peruse through all of the stuff that you have. You have YouTube videos, you have free information that they can look through. And of course, I love the intro session. So if you guys want to take that, I would highly recommend it. I think it would leave mm -hmm. you wanting more and feeling amazed at like, wow, that's how my body works. <laughs> like even just a little, you know, peek into it. It's really cool. So I really yes. enjoyed it. And thank you so much, Carrie, for coming on. Thank we had you. a blast and we learned a lot from you. So thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you, ladies. <laughs>